0: This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzzi is brought to you by Gass Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. Uh, concluding our series that we started four weeks back, and that is following God fully. So today it's part four of following God fully, that we are to follow God fully. Not half-heartedly, you know, but fully. See, it is in our following God fully that we see the full benefits of God. We see the full expression of the blessings and the goodness of God in our lives. See, but if we have only one leg in the camp of the Lord and the other leg it's outside, we will never really experience the fullness of the greatness of God. You know, but when we give ourselves fully, and we say we will trust God, we will depend upon God fully, that's when God will manifest in our lives. And so we, we, we have to come to a point as Christians whereby we say, you say to yourself, my all is unto the Lord. I've given my all. You know, I've surrendered my all that I don't I don't serve God reservedly. You know, I haven't reserved any part of my my being uh, to myself, but I have given my all to the Lord. That where many believers in the Bible said this, that if we perish, we perish. And so in serving God, that's what we need to be understanding. You know, that we give up all. And then we say, if we perish, we perish. We will go all the way. We will serve God. We will be committed to God. We will be given unto God. We will do the word of God. We are fully convinced that God is working by his spirit. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they were told that you need to bow down and worship the image if you don't we are going to throw you into the fire and they say that oh king we don't need to to waste your time on this matter that let it be known to you that we will never bow down we will never disobey our God we will do what God says we needed to do. That we will worship Him. Now, if you throw us into the fire, that's fine. You know, know this that uh, we will, we will uh, go into the fire. And He says, if not, if you don't throw us, let it be known that we still won't serve you. You know, so either way you go, it is settled in our hearts that we are saving God. We are obedient to God. You know, we are serving God fully. We will serve the Lord. And so, my prayer to you is that we serve the Lord. You know, we do the work of God. You know, that we, we follow the instruction of the Lord in our lives. And we are fully committed to God. And, and you know what happened? Because of that, God respected their faith, and God respected what they believe. you know, their commitment to him. And when they went into the fire, God came through, and he delivered them. He took them out of their fire. The the power of the fire could not affect them. Uh, They came out of that fire because they served the Lord, and they served the Lord wholeheartedly, because they were given to the work of God. And so it's a blessing always to give yourself to the Lord and to surrender your whole being to the Lord. And in a way, you say, if I perish, I perish. But one thing that is settled is that I am fully committed to the work of God. I am fully committed to the ministry that I am doing. And so today we will be looking at the lives of Paul and Timothy, you know, how they followed God fully, that they were, they were really surrendered unto God. You see, uh, Paul, when he, was, he, when he was given to a thing, he was given when he was convinced that it was the right thing to persecute Christians, he did that. And he did it wholeheartedly. He was not half-hearted into it. He went all the way. He did it wholeheartedly. And when God touched him while he was on his way to Damascus, he changed. And God showed him in Acts chapter 9 that Uh, he spoke to Ananias and then he said to Ananias that go and pray for Paul and when Ananias, you know, uh, complained to God and said, God, this man has come here to arrest us and to put some of us in prison. You know, God told him, uh, in in verse twelve, he says, you know, he, God tells Jesus tells Ananias, and he says, and he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. He says already, he has seen a vision, yeah. and uh, verse fifteen says, but the Lord said to to him, because Ananias was saying that, I'm not going there. And, uh, God, this man, are you talking about the man that I heard about, that he has come here to arrest us? And God said to Ananias in verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. He says, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. He says, I will show him that he will suffer some things for the sake of my name, but he's going to be committed to it. And so, uh, when Paul got that, that supernatural change and experience, with the Lord, he changed his heart. And he decided that I am going to serve the Lord. I am going to be committed to the Lord. And he was committed to God. And so uh, he changed his life. He got committed to God. And the Bible says that uh, right when he first got saved, that he went and preach the gospel. Yeah. In verse 20 says, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. And so, synagogues meaning that it's more than one synagogue. So, since in, they were meeting in a, you know, weekly on the Sabbath, so he must have gone to synagogues. I don't know, maybe more, but he must have gone to more than one synagogue at least, and he was saying that he is the Son of God. He was proclaiming Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. And here is this man, he is a few days old in the Lord. You know, but the, the experience that he had changed his heart, and he changed his life. And then he realized that this is a cause that I need to fight for. I was fighting for a wrong cause. But this is more real. You know, there, we were just convinced by the priests and the, uh, the scriptures uh, that we read, you know, and we were looking at this Christianity as an enemy. But here, I have met God personally. I have met Jesus, the very same Jesus who was crucified a few days uh, uh, and few months earlier that I have met him, he has spoken to me. And so to Paul, he was now saying that this Jesus is real, you know, that I need to be given to him, I need to be surrendered to him. You know, at, at times people are not really sold out to the Lord because they haven't had that experience with the Lord in their hearts. Now, I'm not saying that all of us, we should see a vision You know, all of us should uh, see, you know, the heavens open. We should hear voices. But what I'm saying is that when you have given your life to Jesus, it must be so real in your life whereby you know that nobody else can convince you otherwise. You know that this is real, that Jesus is real. Even if they come to you and say, you need to reject Jesus, otherwise we, we kill you. You say, "I cannot reject Jesus. I cannot deny him, because I know that he is real. He is more real than myself. I, am, I, have, I have experienced him in my life. And you know, at times people take Christianity to so casual you know, that uh, they say, "Oh, okay, do you want to receive Jesus?" And he said, "Yeah." And he lifted up his hands, and I say, pr- pr- say this prayer after me. And then from, you know, they look at that, and then they say, oh, but, you know, not much has changed. Not much is happening. That they they were just going through the motions, you know, instead of experiencing God in their lives. And that is why we believe really in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, John the Baptist said about Jesus that he who comes after me, shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, that we need to have people experience the fire and the, and the power of God in their lives so that they can be so sold out to the Lord. And at times when we don't experience really the fire of God and our experience, our salvation experience, it, it, it is so, it's like a pseudo experience, you know, it's, it's there, it's fluidy, and, you know, we, we haven't really experienced that touch in our hearts. It's not so easy, you know, or rather it's easy to take it light and to say that, oh no, I will just serve God, but you need to be fully convinced in your heart that Jesus has come into your life, you know, that you are a child of God, that you are born again, you know that. God has its so real in your life that nothing can convince you otherwise. You know that I am a child of God. I am serving God. I am committed to God. That's what every one of us should be experiencing in our lives. You know if you're watching this program and you have not really experienced the power and the reality of salvation. Maybe you have prayed the sinner's prayer but in your heart you have not experienced the reality uh, of, the, of the goodness and the, and, 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 and the presence of God in your life, you need to cry, it out, cry out unto God and say, Yes, God, by faith I am saved, but God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you real in my life. And you know, the Bible says that he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you cry out unto God, you close yourself in a, in a closet, in a room somewhere where you don't have anybody, and then you speak unto God, you cry out unto God, you reach out unto God. Let me tell you, without anybody convincing you, you will experience the reality of God in your life. And you will know that God is real. And I'm telling you that you will be sold out to the Lord. My prayer is that we will all be sold out to the Lord. We will all experience the power and the presence of God in our lives. You know, later on, Apostle Paul writes, and he says, that I may know him. You know, he says that my desire is to know Christ. Now, this is after years that he had this experience, this an encounter. He knew that there is more to be learned, more to be experienced with God, and that his desire was that I may know him, You know that I may know the power of his resurrection, you know, the power that we're talking about, that he rose from the dead, the power of his resurrection. And I pray that that, let that be your experience. Cry to God for that. That God, I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection. I want to know your reality, that you are real in my life. I want to know that you are real in my life. Don't just be real out there, but God, be real in my heart, in my life, in my spirit. I want to know that I have, I have known the Lord. I have come to the Lord. My life is touched by the power of God. I pray that God will touch you even as I speak right now. If you have experienced this, I pray that even as you cry out unto God, God will touch you. God will minister unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, when we are so loud to God, it's not because or simply on the virtue that we are pastors. You know, a calling of God upon our lives is a different matter. You know, here I'm talking about your personal experience. You know, I'm not talking like this simply because I am a pastor. But I am talking like this because one day, on the 8th of May, 1983, I had an experience, I had an encounter with God. God came into my life. I gave my life to Jesus. And my life was changed, was transformed. And days later, I experienced the, the, the presence of God. God being so real. I knew for sure that God is real. Because I experienced him in my life. And on the 2nd of September, the same year, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit I was at the boarding school and it was a long weekend we, we, we uh, I had stayed behind and uh, you know and, and I was alone in my dormitory and I heard about the Holy Spirit and that day after my morning devotion I cried out unto God and I say God I desire to be filled to be baptized with the Holy Spirit you know and as I prayed Something came up upon my life, and I began to speak in other tongues. And I prayed, oh, what a joy it was to experience that. And I remember clearly, it was a, a double bed, and I was, my bed was the one on top in that dormitory. And I was lying there alone in that dormitory, crying unto God and praying and in, in other tongues, praying and experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was so great. So it is not because I'm a pastor that I'm talking about this, but it's because I experienced Jesus in my life, that Jesus was real. And ever since then, I have never looked back. I have never regretted why I gave my life to Jesus, why I surrendered my life to Jesus. And that is why... I am so radical about the work of God because I know that Jesus is real. I know that what the Bible talks about is real in our lives. And that is my prayer for you, that you would experience the power and the, 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 you know, the, the, the reality of God's presence in your life, that you may experience that God is real that this is not just a story that is talked about, but Jesus is alive, and Jesus is real. You know, I pray that that be your portion. And, in, you know, when Apostle Paul experienced that, he then began to risk his life. He knew that just like he was arresting people for preaching the way, that they are other former Uh, fellow uh, uh, members in the same sect and same belief that he used to belong to, who still believe in the fact that Christianity is not of God. Christianity is a sect that needs to be crushed out, that all Christians needed to be arrested and needed to be put in jail and those who defy the orders of the priest and the high priest and all the leaders, religious leaders, need to be executed and to be killed. He knew that those are people out there that would still want to kill him, kill all Christians. You know, but he risked his life. You see, the, the, the reality of Christianity, of Christ in his life, superseded. It was far above what he was convinced of earlier on that Christianity is not of God. You know, he knew this, that, you know what, Christ is alive. This is real. This is, you know, good. So that is why a few days later, he went out to proclaim the gospel and to talk about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says here in Acts chapter 9, verse 21, And all who heard him were amazed. You know, people were now surprised And they were amazed And they said Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem Of those who call upon this name And has he not come here for this purpose To bring them a bound before the chief priests But the Bible says that But Saul You know, he was known by Saul here You know, Paul, that is Saul Increase all the more in strength. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't allow all those uh, criticisms to uh, diminish the fire and the fervency that he had. Yeah. And, and he says he increased all the more in strength, you know, and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Now he has changed his tune. Now he was preaching that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah because of what he experienced in his life. And verse 23 says, When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Now Paul knew that this is real. He was risking his life. And what happened? A few days later, they plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. Yeah. I'm telling you that whoever is plotting against you, that plot will be foiled. That plot will never come to fruition because God is in your sight. You see, Paul, you know, God told Paul earlier on, you know, we told him, we read here that when Ananias was questioning God, was questioning Jesus, about Paul, Jesus told him that this is my chosen instrument, you know, and he is to carry my name before Gentiles. He is to carry my names before kings. He is to carry my name before children of Israel. And so Paul had that very clear that he is an instrument. He did not only experience salvation, but he is also an instrument to carry out the mission of God he is to go and preach out. That is why immediately after that, he stood up. And all that he knew was the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. You know, was the fact that uh, Jesus is the one that all Israel have been waiting for. He is the Messiah. Uh, and he went and preached. And because of the purpose of God in his life, whatever attempt that was made upon Paul was never successful. Let me tell you, when you remain faithful to the purpose of God, you remain faithful to what God has called you to do. Whatever attempt that is made on you will never succeed. Whatever the enemy uh, is planning against your life will never be successful. But your greatest concern your greatest aim must be that I will serve God. I will do what God has called me to do. I will be given to the ministry that God has called me to do. I will be faithfully serving Him. I will be faithfully committed to Him. And when you are doing that, you're faithfully committed to the work of God, I'm telling you that God will take care of you. You know, the safest place to be Right now, even in the midst of the coronavirus, even as we are hearing about the third wave, you know, that I am still puzzled. How do they know that it's coming? Anyway, that's besides the fact. But even as we are hearing all of that, you know, your concern must be that I will serve God. I will be committed to God. I will be given to God. I will do the work of God. I will go to church. I will be committed to the work of God. I will pray every time I wake up. I will communicate with God. I will praise Him. I will gather when we gather as a church to pray together and to sing unto God and to worship Him. That is what your commitment must be that I will do the work of God. Because the safest place, it is right in the will and the purpose of God. It's when you are doing the will of God that God will take care of you. And here is Paul. He was busy preaching. He was busy doing the work of God. He was busy preaching, going to the Jews in the synagogues and telling them that this Jesus that was crucified a few days back, is the Messiah that we need to preach him, you know, and that he is the Messiah we need to accept what he came to do, you know. And so the Bible says that the plot was made known to Saul, you know. The plot to kill him was made known to him. You know, the last few weeks on Sundays, I've been going to uh, different campuses in villages, in different places, and I've been so much blessed by, by what uh, pastors are doing, resident pastors in those campus are doing, uh, together with the elders in those campus, that they are doing such a great work. You know, looking at people that are loving God, and all of them I've seen growth, I've seen that they have increased, they are doing better, they are doing greater. It is a blessing. You know, for me, I'm excited that they are concentrating on doing the work of God. They are not pulling back and say, oh, it is during uh, this coronavirus. It is during this lockdown. We will never do the work of God. We need to keep ourselves safe. You know, they were keeping, they have been keeping themselves safe by doing the work of God. And it's a blessing. And that's what all of us, whether you are in the city or whether you are in town, uh, you are in a village, anywhere, let us do the work of God. And so the plot well, became known to Saul. You know, and they were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. You know, they stood by the gate you know, and they were waiting to see if he comes out of uh, the city, you know, Damascus that when he comes out we will follow him and kill him along the way remember the roads were remote and that there were no it was just a road in the middle of a bush and so they were planning that when he comes out we're going to wait for him somewhere you know and when everybody is not watching or seeing we will kill him you know we will get rid of him you see the devil it does not like you when you're doing the work of God. You know, the devil is planning to destroy your life when you're saving God. But I've got good news for you. God is bigger. God is greater. And when you're doing the work of God, whatever the devil does will never succeed because God is bigger and stronger and greater and he's all-knowing. He knows everything. And God will guide you and protect you wherever you go. In Jesus' name, I pray that that be your portion, that the Lord who is on your side be your guide, the Lord who is on your side be the one that protects you, be the one that will keep you, be the one that will sustain you, and that no evil shall befall upon you, no plague shall come near your dwelling place, that the Lord will raise you up. That the Lord will sustain you and keep you. That the Lord will propel you forward. He will push you to succeed and to do well. And I declare that you will do well in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that they were plotting you know, to kill him. You know, that when he comes out. And the Bible says that they were there day and night. Can you imagine? Uh, maybe they were having ships. You know, Maybe there was a day shift and also a night shift. You know, that they were exchanging that, oh, okay, you know, you watch during the day, and then the other one says, okay, I will do night shift, you know, and a night shift will watch during the night and to see if he's coming, you know, in order to kill him. And verse 25 says, But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the world lowering him in a basket. So, when the plot was revealed to Saul, you know, the Bible says that the disciples, those who loved him, who loved his preaching, those who were following his preaching, it says here that they took him by the night and they let him down through an opening. And, And Uh, lowering him in a basket because they they believed that Paul is doing the right thing. And verse 26 says, And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. Now, he left Jerusalem being an enemy of Christianity. He is coming back. And so some disciples are very doubtful whether this man is really saved. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. And so he went in and out among them at Jerusalem. Now what was he doing? In verse 28 tells us, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. You know. And he disputed, he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. Yeah. And so when the brothers learned this, you see, all the plots were being revealed. Yeah. And so when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and set him off to Tarsus. Yeah. And the Bible says, so the church... Throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. You know, God was building up his church. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. I pray that we multiply at the church, you know, in the midst of all what is happening in the world, I pray that we multiply. I pray that we would do greater. I pray that we would expand. I pray that we will do greater things. And the Bible tells us that, you know, the church multiplied, you know, throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria. There was peace. Yeah. And what were they doing? They were working in the fear of the Lord, and they were working in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were working in the fear of the Lord, and they were working in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the church multiplied. Yeah. And so we see here that God was doing great work. He was doing great things. You know, God was really doing. You know, wonderful way through the life of Paul, and Paul was fully committed. He was following God fully, yeah. and uh, wherever he made mistakes, he corrected it, and he continued to serve God. Yeah. He served God. He lived for God. He was committed to God. He was given to the work of God. Yeah. He was he was there and serving God. You know, he went on missionary journey you know the first missionary journey moving from one city to the other preaching the gospel he went to the he went until he made a full circle came back to antioch you know he went again the second missionary journey journey he went to places and on the second missionary journey it was recommended uh, timothy to join him, you know, and he took Timothy, he went with him, everywhere they went, you know, he raised him up, Timothy, as a 17-year-old boy, he followed Paul, he, he saw the commitment that Paul had, and he was given to the work of God, and, you know, he grew up in all other times, missionary journeys that Paul did, you know, than... Timothy was very helpful, and he was doing a great work. And ultimately, Paul went and started a church in Ephesus, and, you know, uh, he then later on left Timothy to preach the gospel there, you know, to be the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And so he writes to him now in uh, the 1 Peter chapter Chapter 4, let's look at it. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, and we'll start reading from verse 13. And he writes to him, now he tells him, he warns him of what will happen. And from verse 1, he tells him that in the latter days, that there will be people who will desert, who will move away, depart from their faith. You know, they will no longer believe in God. That they will uh, 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 devote themselves to deceiving spirits. You know, that there will be spirits there that would want to deceive them. And that there will be doctrines of demons. You know, that will want to uh, teach them all these things. And then he tells him that you need to stay away from them. Stay away from all Things, the lies that people are teaching, you know, just hold on to the way. Now, look at what he says, invested in. Paul tells Timothy, he says, until I come. So he was saying that I'm going to come, you know, but until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Now, right there, it says, you know, this is what you should be doing up until I come. It says you need to devote yourself, give yourself. You know, devote meaning you're wholly given to that. You have devoted yourself. You are there given unto the public reading on the scriptures. You know, I like this because. This is so much important. He was doing three things in verse 13. There was a public reading of Scripture, number one, and there was exhortation, you know, that is the preaching, encouraging them with the preaching of the Word, number two. And number three, there was the teaching from the Scriptures. And so Timothy had to do all three of them. He had to read the Word, and he had to preach the Word, and he had to teach the Word of God. Yeah. And so the first one really, I look at it and then I say it is so much important. You know, whereby you, you, you are not just listening to any teaching, yeah. and you are just taking the Word and you are reading the Word. You are reading the Word. The Bible says that the public reading of the way, you know, So, what Timothy was to do, he was to stand up before brethren and just read scriptures, you know, starting from here. If he's reading you know, the book of uh, uh, whatever, Revelation, well, it was not written at that time. But example, if he was reading the book of Revelation, it would be starting from Revelation chapter 1 and just reading it, public reading of the scriptures. If he's reading the book of Isaiah, he will start and just read the scriptures. You know, read it. Not explain it, but just read it. And you know, reading of the scriptures, what was it doing to the hearers? Number one, it was giving them knowledge. Number two, it was washing their brains, their minds. You know, so when we read the scripture, that is why every day we are saying, you know, here at Ghost Tabernacle Christian Family Church, we are reading the Bible, one chapter a day. You know, and why are we doing that? That it's helping us to cleanse our minds. You know, because at times our minds are so much and uh, infiltrated by a lot of things out there in the world, a lot of negativity, a lot of filth, a lot of things. And so when you read... The Bible. You read the Word of God. You are washing. Yeah, it's just like um, when you go into the beach and uh, you're swimming out there. Now, next to uh, the beach, there would be showers you know, uh, that are out there. And so, maybe when you go into the water, into the uh, the, the water, and you are uh, there swimming and you're having good time. And what is happening is that your body now, it's filled out by sand. And so you come out of there, there are debris, there are a lot of things, there are sand, you know, that, uh, sand, that sense that has attached itself on you. And so you go now to that tub, that shower, you stand underneath, you open water, And the water just flushes away all the sand. You know, it just cleanses you out. And so it's the same experience that I am saying that we're having when we read the Word. You know, you're not trying to understand it, to exegete it, and to, you know, dissect what it's saying. You are just there as you are listening to the Word, as you are reading the Word. It's just like... You're standing under that shower, and you're letting the water of the Word of God cleanse you. Take away all the sin, all the dead, all the uh, uh, you know the bad things, all the wrong minds, the wrong thinking, all the uh, things that have attached themselves to you. You're letting that cleanse your heart, cleanse your 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 body, your spirit, your, and Uh, When you are done, you come out of that, after you have read the scripture, you feel refreshed. You feel that your mind is refreshed. Your mind is changed. And that your mind is good. And so, uh, that's what the reading, the public reading of the scripture was, was doing to those who were listening. And that is why Paul told Timothy. And he told him that, Every day. He says, until I come, devote yourself to that. Read the scripture to people. Read verses to people. You know, read what the Bible says to people because that will cleanse their mind. And he says in verse 14, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. But look at verse 15. Practice these things. Immerse yourselves in them so that all may see your progress. And so, what Timothy, what Paul was saying to Timothy, he was saying that practice these things, Timothy. And when you practice these things, when you practice the reading of the word, you immerse yourself in it, in the preaching and in teaching the way he says people will see your progress. You know, that you will progress. You see, when I'm preaching like this, I'm not telling you, you know, the word of God, but at the same time, I'm internalizing this way. You know, as it's going out to you, it's getting deeper into me, into my spirit. God at the same time. It's building me up because faith comes by sharing and sharing the word of God. Just like you are blessed, you are receiving the word, it's as much as I am also blessed and I am sharing the word in my spirit. I'm sharing God speaking to me, telling me that you need to immerse yourself into these things. I'm sharing God telling me that you need to immerse yourself in the word of God in doing the work of God devote yourself to it other translation says that give yourself holy you know in totality uh, to this continue uh, in this it says immense yourself devote yourself to them and it says that others May see your progress. You see, people will see progress. They will see change in your life when you have given yourself to the Word of God. You know, at times people don't change. There's no change. There's no fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Their lives are still the same. You know, just like they were before they were born again, there is no change in them uh, because they have not immersed themselves in the Word of God. You know, I was so much blessed uh, by hearing this testimony. You know, Pastor Louisa and, you know, uh, groups from the city campus, there's a group that is going into the farm there, and uh, once a week in the morning, they go and they preach the Word, you know, they minister to them, and one thing that I like about this particular farm is that, you know, also the owners, the farmers there, uh, the owners are not just saying, uh, which, of course, they happen to be white, are not saying that, okay, preach to my workers while I am out there. you know, But they are there, listening to the way. You know? And then some of them, of course, we have some that uh, were Christians already, but some also gave their lives to Jesus. You know, just like the workers, some uh, gave their lives to Jesus. Now we have a campus that is running, doing great, you know, things there uh, out of that uh, area. And then also, you know, uh, some of these uh, 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 you know, managers and uh, who happen to be white gave them uh, the, their lives to Jesus also. Now, I hear testimony, and I haven't heard it uh, once. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it from about three different people. Yeah, and, and they are talking about this one particular white man. He says that he was really against black people. You know, he was nasty, he was mean, he was uh, not doing, I mean, he was not treating uh, black people well. And what happened is that uh, in one of the meetings, he gave his heart to the Lord. He surrendered his life to the Lord. Yeah. And one particular uh, worker said to me, said that, you know, I gave my life to Jesus because I saw the change in that white man's life. Yeah. He said to me, he told me that. He says that, you know, uh, I, I'm following God. You know, I see that this Christianity is real because I saw a change in this white man's life. And you know, today is different. You know, he loves black people. It's like they are a family. They are working together. It's like day and night change that has come up. And this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that the gospel has a power to change the heart of a human being you know, to change our hearts, to change our lives. And that is what will happen when we accept Jesus. When we experience this salvation, you know, that there will be day and night change in our lives. And you know, uh, God says here that devote yourself unto this. Give yourself wholly to them. Yeah, that. Everyone may see your progress. You know, everyone may see that there is a change there. You, know, you need to be concerned if people are not seeing any difference, difference in your life, you know, that you are still doing the same things that you were doing before you were born again. You know, you're still uh, uh, you know, enjoying the life that you were enjoying before you were born again it must be a concern to you. You, know, you must really be concerned that, why am I not changing? Why am I still enjoying the bad thing? And that, that thing, that concern must drive you to God, must drive you to the, the gospel, you know, must drive you to God, and you cry out to God and say, God, you know, there's something that I am not getting. You know, God, I expect a change in my life. And I'm telling you that, you see, God is merciful. God is gracious. He will touch you. He will minister unto you. You know, He will help you. And you will see a change. But for a change to happen, if the Bible says, God says that draw near unto me and I will draw near to you. You know, that if you don't take that first step and you go unto the Lord, you want to experience the power and the presence of God in your life. You need to reach out to God. You know, this concern uh, that you are having, that why am I not seeing any change, must drive you to God, must propel you to God. And when you go to God, God the Bible says that God says that He will draw near unto you. You will see God changing your life. People will see that you are different. People will see that you have changed. People will see that the power of God is working in your life. They will see progress in your life. I pray that there would be progress in your life. And so Paul was concerned about Timothy's life. And he was giving him answer to what will make him successful. He says that, you know what? It's either you don't have it, or you have all of it. Yeah. Then, uh, if you say that you're giving to God, give your all to the work of God. Give your all to the ministry. Don't pull back. You know, throw yourself in. Holy. Give thyself holy unto the Lord. And this is my message to you, even as I conclude this series is that let us follow God fully. You know, let us give ourselves fully unto the Lord. Let us follow all the way unto the Lord. Yes, there will be challenges, you know, but determine in your heart that I will follow God. You see, when you have told yourself that it does not matter what I come across, I will always be following God. You know, you have won half the better. When you do that, you determine, you set yourself that I will follow God. I will do, you know, what God tells me to do. I'm telling you that you have fought half the better. Yeah. And so, let that be your portion today. Even as we conclude this series, that you will follow God, you will follow Him fully. You will be committed to Him. You will be committed to His work. You will do the work of God. You will serve God with your time. You will serve God with your resources, your monies. You will serve God with your energy. You will serve God with everything that God has given you because you are following God fully. This is the time to follow God fully. Let us follow God fully. Let us be there, committed to the Lord, yeah. And people will see progress. There will be progress in your life. There will be moving forward in your life because you're following God fully. Father, I pray for the brethren right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that God they would follow you fully. I pray that they would be committed to you fully in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that God they would do the work of the ministry. I pray that, God, they would be given to you. They would be given, Father, to your will, to your purpose, to your plan, oh God. I pray that, God, they would walk all the way, Lord, even as they walk with you, in the name of Jesus. I pray that none of them will hold back. None of them will pull back. None of them, Lord, we will be sidetracked. But all of them, God, will be committed to you, will be committed to your plan, will be committed to your will. I pray that, Father, they will take the word, apply it in their lives, and have it saturating their lives, their hearts, their minds, and everything about them in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that, God, they will do the work of the ministry that father their hearts will be hearts that are in love with you in love with your will I pray this right now in Jesus name thank you father for doing that by your spirit in the name of Jesus amen thank you for joining us during this episode join us next time even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluti. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwani.com. God richly bless you.